Good morning, everyone. This is Tony down in Atlanta. Nice day today. Hope it's nice where you are. I saw a lot of snow up there in the north. I'm not sure if I want to live up there, but uh, it's nice to have it once in a while. But I saw this like in Denver was like uh, uh, two or three feet. Crazy. But I hope you're all having a great morning. I know there's a bunch of people uh, that won't be on the call this morning due to meetings, so hopefully you'll get the chance to uh, uh, pass this on and promote uh, all of these calls every week because you never know the little tidbits you're going to get uh, that can change uh, the direction of your business. So we're going to give you some tidbits this morning, Debbie and I, and hopefully uh, you can uh, take them or use them as uh, you want. And uh, before we get started, I just want to promote to you Jennifer Glacken, who is actually up in New Jersey today, this weekend, uh, as a conference in January the 18th in the Chicago area. Actually, it's up by the airport at Elk Grove Village. That's January the 18th. You can go to glackenhealth.com to get all the details and tickets for that uh, for January as well. Okay, And then on January the 4th, uh, the company will be doing a uh, nationwide North America call to kick off the new year. But uh, we still got a couple months to go, so don't wait till then. And hopefully you can finish uh, the year strong. So a lot of time left. It's amazing what you can do if you just put your mind to it uh, in just eight weeks. So anyway, to kick it off, I'm going to pass it over to my wife, who's upstairs, hopefully in the other office. Deb, are you there? I am here in the satellite office, yes. You got it. So it's all yours. Okay. Well, thanks. I hope you've all had a great week. Um, I have. I've had lots of uh, lots of calls with lots of people, and um, because of that, I came up with this topic today. And I know Tony is big on this topic as well. That um, we needed to talk about communication. We are going to communicate to you about communication today. Um, we live in an information age today. We really do. I mean, there's information at your fingertips anywhere you go. You just need to press a button or press your phone or even speak and information comes back to you, right? We all know that very much so. There's so many ways to communicate with people today that often there's a little bit of confusion over which way is best. And I think it's really important that you understand this. So that it can help you just in your life, in your life, business. So, what is the most effective way to communicate? Well, you know, I, I use all forms of communication in my life, but I will say it over and over again, and Tony will repeat this. I know that the most effective way to communicate is always going to be face to face. Why is that? It's because when you're face-to-face, you get the whole picture. You get everything. You get all kinds of stimulation coming back to you. Why is that? Because you can understand context better, and you can read reactions, which is hard to do in some ways that you communicate. So let's just kind of visit those things that you're looking for when you are having a face-to-face conversation with somebody. Body language. This is so important. It's the um, unspoken um, language that goes on between two people. Are they excited? Are they showing openness or maybe fear? Are they showing close-mindedness? Are they crossing their, their arms or their legs, uh, sitting back from you? Are they defending or are they leaning into your conversation and agreeing with you? 
All those things can only happen when you have a face-to-face conversation. Tone of voice. Now, I know you can hear tone of voice on the phone, but the tone of voice is much more easy to decipher when you're face-to-face. Are they showing passion, anger, humor? All those things become apparent when you're face-to-face. Are you able to keep eye contact with them? Eye contact is so important because that takes your conversation to a deeper personal level. It really does. And I always strive to get eye contact at all times with somebody when I'm face-to-face because then we have a better connection. We understand one another better. We know the way that the conversation's going. Now, I know that's not always possible because some people won't give you eye contact, but always strive to get that eye contact. Facial expressions, and some people are more uh, expressive than others, but see passing emotions as you mention something, go through their face. It's very easy to see some fear or doubt or excitement in a person's face when you're up close face-to-face with them. So all those things come to us when we have a face-to-face conversation. So I think you can understand from that why face-to-face is going to be much more effective as you're having a conversation with somebody to really read what they're feeling and what their questions are. Now, the next best effective way to have a conversation with people is thanks to modern-day connections that we have is through FaceTime or one-on-one Zooms. It's finally given us a visual through the Internet or through technology, right? We understand when we do this, we have only a limited visual contact. We can't see the whole picture. What we see is a person in front of us that's probably put themselves in front of a nice, tidy area in their house. You can't see the chaos that may be going on around them. You might not see the hidden distractions in the background. Maybe a child, a dog, or maybe they're just checking their texts in their lap while they're having a conversation with you. All of those things happen. I've had it happen to me. In fact, very many times when I've been doing a Zoom call, I might have had my dog on my lap because that's the best place to have him to keep him quiet. Um, And yes, it is a little distracting at times. It's not the best place to have a dog while you're making an important Zoom call. So understand that you've got a good picture, but you don't have the whole picture like you would have face-to-face. Now, the third most effective way to be communicating with people is by phone or by audio, of course, whether that's through FaceTime, audio, or any other way. Now, when you are doing an audio communication, some of the emotions are apparent, but many of them are going to be hidden. There's not going to be any visual clues that that come up to you. So, you know, you're not going to be able to see or, or detect all of the emotions that are going on inside of them when you're talking to them. Also, when you're on audio, remember that if you, you can't just look at something visually like a chart or something, whereas you can when you're face-to-face or even on a Zoom call or FaceTime, you can hold it up to them or bring it into your screen. Uh, but when you're on a phone, that is not a possibility. So you can't go into any great details on the phone when it comes to facts and figures. That has to be sent separately, and you're not there physically as that person goes through that chart to explain it, and that's important sometimes. 
Also, when you're on the phone, distractions can be present. And we just demonstrated it right now as we get on the phone that somebody driving is going to have distractions. There's background noise. There's navigation going on. A second person in the car, cars passing by, honking their horns. There's going to be distractions that you cannot control. And sometimes they can't either. Um, there's also going to be, even if they're in their home, background noise going on, music in the background, um, dogs, children, second persons in the room, which might um, squash down the person that's on the phone to what they actually say on the phone. They may not be saying what they really think or feel because there's a second person in the phone. So when you're on the phone, bear in mind that this is the thing that you're coming up against as you're having a conversation. So that is the third most effective way of communicating in today's world. Now, let's go to the fourth way, the least effective, in writing, by text, messaging, or email. This is obviously a prevalent way to communicate today in today's world. Everybody texts. Everybody messages. And many people use emails as well. So we can, have, we can argue that we can have some basic kind of conversation in a text or messaging. It goes back and forth. Um, but it's not always in real time. Now, how do I know that? I can't tell you how many people in our group have been in the middle of a text conversation and sent me a text that they um, got from a prospect maybe or somebody they're following up with. Um, they sent me the text and said, now what, how do I answer this? And I've been able to very quickly text back to them, you might want to bring up this or ask this. And they've um, put that into their conversation. So bear in mind that when you're texting, messaging, or email, you really don't know who you're actually speaking to. Are you speaking to the person themselves or somebody that's giving them some opinions or some answers or some information that they don't know themselves? So you're not really having a true conversation with that person sometimes. Emotions are not in text. Yeah, I know you can argue that emojis can help a little, and they do, but many times we can take things out of context. We can get misunderstandings from text or messaging or even emails because it's not, we read it differently than the person who wrote it. Um, poor grammar or spelling can change the meaning. And I know you've done this from when you were in school. Remember the phrase, let's eat, Grandpa. After let's eat, it means let's go eat, Grandpa. Whereas if we just take that comma out and we have let's eat, Grandpa, the whole meaning has changed just because of a comma being taken out of it. So you've got to be aware of that when you're sending text when you're sending emails, that it really does mean what you think it says it's meaning. So got to check it. And also correct can be a big enemy at this sometimes. It can change the whole meaning of a sentence and make you look rather silly at times. And I always think back to the time when um, we first had um, text, uh, audio text available. We thought, great, we can use it in the car now just to leave quick messages to tell people we're on the way. My husband got on the uh, text and he'd say, hello, Phoebe. And every time he said Phoebe, it would come out as Feely. 
Now, hello, Feely is not something you want to be saying to a, a young woman in your organization. It, it kind of creates the wrong impression. So bear that in mind. You're not always coming across with what you mean to come across with. So our recommendation has always been to our team and to everybody we come in contact with, use your text and messaging. It's very important to use it to connect with people, to just make that connection. But don't make that your conversation. Just make it a step towards the conversation. So use your text and messaging to connect and then follow it by an appointment to meet. When can we get together? Or if something's real urgent, let's chat about this. Can we get on the phone now? Or Zoom now so we can actually talk about what is important and prepping right now. Or when can we chat on the phone for a few minutes? I've just been doing this with a, a, a contact I had through a friend. I don't even know. And finally, we got on the phone the other day, had a 20-minute conversation, and followed up again uh, four, four days later. With a, um, we texted to say, are you ready to text the talk? And we, got, we used the text just to set up the appointment. But the bulk of the conversation was on the phone, and, of course, we're getting on the Zoom in just a couple of days to follow up further. So... When you bear in mind when you're making these communications that there are different levels of communication and to get the best chance, of course, we want to use the highest level of communication that we possibly can. Bear this in mind when you're handling objections. And this is something that came up just this last week. Um, when you receive an email from a health professional who's not interested in a particular product because of X, Y, Z, and XYZ in our mind was pseudoscience, which really wasn't true science. We knew that that really wasn't a sound case. But she very categorically said she's not interested in that. She wants to deal with this company that she's already been dealing with that uses pseudoscience, of course. And she's not interested in Shackley as a business. No. Bear in mind, she's a health professional. So you have two choices here. We can let them know what we think and destroy the connection that we've ever had. Um, probably not a good idea. Probably not a very good idea at all. Or we can be, just simply be cordial, just repeat the great results that you've had with Shackley products, promote some other products, maybe the house cleaning products without toxins, and hope that you've just planted a seed that maybe down the road she could come back to you. Very very low chance of success there, all right? But because we were communicating through the written word, there wasn't much choice. Now, let's just compare that to if that same person was on, was face-to-face -face with us and made that objection, we could say, okay, I see, I see. So what, uh, what makes you say that about product X that we talked about? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, well, what makes you think that? Okay. Well, how do you feel about product Z? Okay. So you think that might be a little better, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what else do you have some questions about? Okay. And let them say their questions. Let them talk. Okay. Is there any other questions you have? Okay. That's it. Right. Great. Okay. 
So, now I've got an, a better understanding of what your objection is. And I, I, I understand that and I see it. So let's move in a different direction. What if we were to get you started with just Z and see how that goes? Perhaps we can reevaluate next month and plan what's best. Do you see how when you have an interaction, a real conversation with people, you've got a much better chance of having success? doesn't work all the time. But bear in mind, you have a much bigger chance. So that's what we're all about. We want to make you have the best chance possible. So when you're communicating with people, always choose face-to-face if you can. And I know that's not always possible, but think of the Zoom calls and what we have at our fingertips now with technology and how we can make that happen across miles of space. And that's going to be the next best thing. So... Let's think as we're setting up our follow-ups, um, our connections with people, to try and use media to our advantage here so that we can have the best possible chance of success. Okay, Tony, I know you've got a lot to say on this subject. so No, um, not really. Talk. I think you've covered most of it, but uh, I want to make sure people understand that uh, that we're not saying don't use text. We understand that. And, uh, but uh, until somebody, and I always say this, I look for results. Until somebody can come up to me and say, we went executive or we went master just by texting people with no conversations or meeting them, I'm all in. But until that happens, uh, Debbie's exactly right. Because there's always examples uh, or, you know, uh, uh, that, uh, you know, you're going to get some of you text and they buy a product. You never spoke to them. I get it. We, we, we've done it. But to build an organization or to have repeat business continuously for months or even years or to build a team that is going to be residual-based for years to come until somebody does it with an email or a text and proves it to me, uh, then it doesn't work. So, so, yes, you connect on text, you connect on email, but then you take them off that and you, you, know, you go visit them or you talk to them on Zoom where you can actually physically see them. I'm actually just watching a... On Saturday mornings, there's the uh, English soccer, and I get a chance on Saturday mornings if I'm here uh, to watch a couple of games. So imagine a stadium with no people in it and just players. What kind of atmosphere or what kind of you know, excitement would the players be able to play the game? I don't think not as well because that creates atmospheres like our events in Tampa that we had. Imagine if we just had one person there, we're just talking uh, to a camera, and it gets broadcast everywhere it wouldn't be the same. You wouldn't be able to have as much energy with a group of people there. And it's the same really in anything that you do, whether it's a, a home meeting or whether it's a, a football stadium or whether it's a tennis stadium or wherever. You know, people are going to show up to things that they want to show up for, all right, no matter what day it is, what night it is, how far they have to drive. Uh, if they have a big enough desire to go to that event like uh, – I've told you a couple times uh, a couple of years ago that we went to a Paul McCartney concert in uh, in Atlanta on a Wednesday night uh, with 17,000 people, and half the people had driven, you know, hours from Alabama or Tennessee to get there and had to go to work in the morning. Yet sometimes on a Saturday morning call, people can't get on a call for 20 minutes because either we don't communicate to them or we don't promote it, or I'll just listen to the replay, which is fine, but it's still not the same as being live. And it's just a matter of what you want. And like Heather Chastain said down in Florida, you've got to want it. It's not a question if you don't have time. If you don't have time for 20 minutes for a call, you know, I mean, there's occasions, of course, I understand you can't make it, but uh, 
if you're not consistently on the call, then how interested are people in building a group or a team? Probably a li- very little, but they might be using the product, which is great. And sometimes I struggle with, you know, how do you promote um, without being pushy? I, I know in Florida somebody came to me and said, boy, you know, you're strong on, on contacting or does that seem pushy? And I said, well, just be bolder. And they said, well, that's what I'll do. I'll become bolder. I'm thinking, well, it's the same thing. Whatever word you want to use, if you want to use pushy, bold, that's the same as people say, I don't want to sell, I want to share. Well, I'm sorry to tell you this too, but you're selling because you're moving a product. But if you want to say the word share because it's more comfortable for you, then use the word share or use the word bold or um, helping people with their health rather than selling products. It doesn't really matter. It's just a matter of confidence, I think, or words that you use. It's all the same thing. To build an organization, you're going to have to be bolder. You're going to have to be bolder on your communication, uh, bolder on asking for the order, uh, bolder on asking them maybe to join you in a business opportunity. You know, be bolder if that's the word you want to use. And I think all of us on here, we're kind of sometimes uh, a little scared to do that or afraid to do that because we don't want to offend anyone. Um, well, uh, unfortunately, you're probably going to offend some people no matter what you say. Uh, even if you say nothing, uh, they're going to be upset with what you wear uh, so or what pictures you put on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, it's just the way it's going to be in life, unfortunately. But uh, So be bolder, I think. Be bolder in your communications. Um, you know, the pre-it challenge is, uh, is fantastic. Uh, I don't think that it's going to be something that you'll be able to master, master uh, coordinator or an executive by just doing that. I think it's an excellent opportunity to open the doors to get people started, but you're going to have to get them shackleized or you're going to have to sit down with them and map out a plan for how they can make $1,000 or $3,000 or $10,000 a month if that's what they want to do. So so with that, Deb, I don't think there's anything else I can add to it. Um, I, uh, you know, Don't bog people down with too much product information. Communication is great, but you can over-communicate sometimes with uh, trying to be a, a doctor or a, or a health professional and try to handle all their thyroid problems or uh, or or even uh, recipes and, and nothing wrong with recipes, nothing wrong with the previous challenge, but sometimes you can get bogged down with uh, over communicating that instead of maybe talking about the dream or the lifestyle or what they want, and um, so all that's good, but uh, just in moderation I think is good. So. So good stuff. I think that's about it. Do you have any last-minute stuff? I think we're done for the weekend, and uh, we're excited to be on here. And for those of you who can listen to the replay, um, uh, hopefully you'll pass it on. And, you know, promote these calls. You know, it, it varies. If, if, if I said Roger Barnett was going to be on next week, would you promote the call more? Probably the answer would be yes. So the attitude should be it doesn't matter if Roger Barnett's on it. It doesn't matter if it's uh, someone you never even heard. It's a matter of promoting the event and being at the event no matter who's speaking. It doesn't matter who it is. It's promoting the call, promoting the event, not necessarily the person, which I know is difficult at times, they're actually talking on the event. So anyway, so we'll see you on the next next call next week. Uh, Debbie, any last-minute thing? I'll close it out. No, I think you've just about covered it. But just to say, when you're communicating this week, think clearly about the best way that you can be communicating to each person that you're contacting so that you can have the very best chance to have the best customer, the best builder in your business. Got it. Good stuff. All right. Have an awesome weekend, guys. Bye-bye.